Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. Remember, if you like this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, download, rate, five stars, of course, and share this podcast with everyone you know. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Cyber Life Podcast. My name is Ken Underhill, your host. In today's episode, I have a special guest, Jason Nicola, who has a lot of different roles he's done. And so, Jason, I'm going to let you just kind of introduce yourself and talk about how you got to where you are now. So where do you kind of start out and what was the journey like? Yeah, well, first of all, thanks so much for having me. I, I really enjoy the show and I appreciate being here um, and chatting with you for a little bit. So uh, my journey is is kind of a, a different and, and winding one. Um, initially, I was going to be a sales guy, actually, believe it or not. <laughs> um, I got an opportunity with a software company a while back and... Um, you know, it was in the in the sales area, and it was a really small company. Which, looking back, I'm I'm so thankful for um, that being my entry because um, I got to do things and play with things that I wouldn't have had the opportunity at a larger company. So uh, we had some issues with with some customers, and um, I eventually, you know, wiggled my way into being able to look at the code, and and then you know from that point on, I, I was kind of hooked, and I realized that. You know, none of this stuff is magic. Um, it, it seems really interesting and, and cool and, and like uh, there are wizards in, in the, you know, in basement dungeons somewhere coding <laughs> things that, that we all uh, love to use. But really in reality, once I actually saw the code for some of these projects and, and saw, wow, there is human readable stuff in here. And there were people who sat down and said, this application needs to do this at this point in time. And then thought about the best way to do it and implemented it. And that was really the extent of it. So it was, it was kind of one of those eye-opening experiences. And, and there have been others, but this was the first one where I really thought, I can do this. I can, I can move into technology and I can be one of the, one of the wizards, right? <laughs> which, is, <laughs> um, which, which was a really cool experience. So from that point, I moved into more like network administration and uh, software support for a little bit. Uh, spent a lot of time in pre-sales engineering, which uh, was really awesome because um, you see lots of different environments. I worked with uh, some of the biggest companies in the world and, and deployed, um, you know, complicated um, software to, you know, do things across lots of different sites and incorporate different technologies. So it was really a, um, a kind of a crucible of uh, technology and learning lots of different things fast. And uh, maybe about a year in or so, I, I started to dig into security in my own spare time. And it really became like my hobby that, and something that I really wanted to pursue as a professional career. And, and I think we find that there are a lot of gamers in, in this field. Hmm. And for me, it really started to scratch a lot of the same itches, right? So I found myself gaming a lot less and then staying up and, you know, working my way through Metasploit and, you know, OSCP and certified ethical hacker and other certifications and things like that. And, you know, spinning up home labs and getting serious about home networking and, uh, you know, monitoring and SIMs and stuff like that. And I was just doing all this stuff kind of in a, a dungeon by myself. And then I got an opportunity to move to a security company full-time as a pen tester. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of never looked back. Right. So uh, I feel like just me, and my personality, penetration testing is uh, almost purpose built for people who are um, kind of intellectually impatient is probably the best, <laughs> best way that I can put it, right? So uh, right. I, I need stimulation or I start to, you know, it's kind of like the, the gremlins. If you get them wet, they start to turn into mm -hmm. these demon little things. And if, if I'm doing the same thing for, for too long and I don't have the opportunity to get my hands on lots of different things and, 
and learn new technologies and I get a little itchy, I guess. And uh, for me, the pen testing world uh, is, um, and offensive security in general is uh, one of the best places on the face of the planet to apply those kinds of things. Um, so I, I did that for a good long while and, uh, you know, kind of built my skills and then started to focus more on, well, how do we build a team around this kind of thing? And um, started to manage more of our team and, and develop a red team at the company I was at at the time and, um, you know, train and hire and recruit and think about all those things. And it, it's, it's been such a, a blessing and, and a really fun journey to, you know, have the opportunity to build myself in a field that I had no experience in and, and didn't have a formal background in because I, I studied accounting and finance initially. Okay. Um, and then really move on to try to find those same kind of things in others and, and enable them with the same kind of opportunity. So um, that's not a long story short. It's kind of a long story long. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the general path to how I got into security. And um, yeah. Okay. Uh, now I know you, and we kind of talked about this a little before the podcast, but you've got a number of certifications, a lot of them through SANS. Uh, sure. You're also an instructor with SANS um, yep. as well. You hold the OSCE, which uh, many people think is like, the, you know, many people, at least in my audience, think is sort of that that golden certification. Like that's, the, you know, that's some really high level thing that. Yeah, it's a tough one. Uh, it, it is, it is. And so any advice for people that have gone through maybe OSCP that are prepping for that one? I know you've gotten that one a little more recently. I think it was last year, was it? Yeah. So I guess um, if, if you're looking for OSCP to OSCE specific stuff, it is, <clears throat> oh gosh, it is that you're not going to move as quickly. That, that's the, that's probably the biggest component, right? Because when I was doing OSCP, my goal was I'm going to get into this network. I'm going to get on every machine. I'm going to pick off low hanging fruit. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to get on a system. I'm going to dump hashes. I'm going to use passwords in the network. And it, there's, there's so many systems and so many different techniques that they're trying to, um, trying to communicate with their curriculum that there's a lot there, even if you're not following the standard training path for the course and you're just, kind of through osmosis doing uh, the next right thing along whatever path you, whatever path you decide. So it's more kind of choose your own adventure, I guess. Um, okay. And that's a lot of fun, but with, with OSCE, they're trying to teach very, very specific skills um, and it's not as open a lab network. And um, you know, if you're going to write an egg hunter, then <laughs> that's what you got to sit down and do. And you, and you have to be able to do those kinds of things and really get deeper rather than wide. Um, so I, even though there's less content and there are less systems, I really recommend just, just give yourself a little bit of extra time um, and try not to work through it so quickly and, and try to pause in areas that, um, that might not come as easily to you and, and really go for that depth rather than speed or, or width um, because there, there's a lot of content there and it's some difficult to stuff to digest. Yeah. Okay. Now, for, for someone that's looking, because I, I do have a big audience that's looking to be a pen tester, right? They see a Hollywood movie, they see a TV show yeah, right. like Mr. Robot or something, and they get right. excited about hacking. What What is sort of your best advice for someone like that? I know your journey was you got your hands dirty, right, with the technology. You went into a network admin role. You also did help desk for a little bit. And then right. you eventually got that opportunity as a pen tester. What, what kind of advice would you have for people taking a similar path as you, or is there some other route that maybe you, that you didn't take that you had found out later might've been beneficial as well? Yeah. Um, so I think as we start to get 
on in time and the industry starts to kind of develop and mature a little bit, there are a lot more people that have an opportunity to get right into a security role um, where it, it was certainly less common um, before there was a formal cybersecurity and infosec industry. And, um, and even five years ago, it was probably less common, right? So mm-hmm. um, there are lots of different paths and, and different things will work for different people. But one thing that I've seen in hiring a lot of people who have non-standard backgrounds and, and developing training curriculums and working with lots of students is just context in different areas of technology is so important, especially for something like penetration testing. Because if you don't understand the underlying networking, like from a, like a packet level and how things flow um, through the different layers and, and really understand what's happening with your traffic, that, that's a difficult place to start from and be expected to not introduce instability in environments and um, be able to do anything custom um, that isn't just running specific tools and kind of parroting the output. And um, you know, you're going to find things in lots of different environments that, that maybe you haven't seen before. And if you have gone through the process of trying to learn different technologies and, and get wide and uh, expose yourself to different things, then you have kind of a generic process and you're more primed and malleable to work through things that maybe you haven't seen before and uh, relate them to things that you have seen before. So uh, to distill that down, I guess I would say that, um, you know, don't be in a rush to become a pen tester, you know, your first job out of college or your first job um, changing industries and trying to break into the field. Uh, And I don't say that to try to hold people back. You should go for whatever it is you think that you're ready for and, and, you know, attack whatever it is that you want to go after. I just think that, having some underlying networking experience, maybe a little bit of scripting or, or development experience, at least in your own side projects, um, uh, having some defensive capabilities. That's, that's one area that as I've started to try to develop and grow myself, I at this point learned so much more by paying attention to what defenders are doing and what reverse engineers are doing and um, you know threat intelligence. And there are so many different areas to learn um, that just make you a better penetration tester. So I would really recommend try to get at least a foundation, especially if you don't have any experience at all, and then just really commit to trying to learn as many different things as you can, because um, it's almost becoming cliche at this point, people saying how quickly things change. And, you know, if you're comfortable with the technology, just wait 18 months and, and things will be different. But you know what, there's a good bit of truth to that as well. Absolutely. So I wanted to ask how you, got into being an instructor in the first place? Like what was, what was the interest of, and whether that was SANS or, or something else, what, what was sort of the interest in, hey, you know what, I'm, I think I'm ready to teach something to somebody else? Oh yeah, so um, the first thing I'll say is that, like I don't know if I felt ready. <laughs> I don't know, I, I still feel like even now, um, you know, I've, I've taught a bunch of courses and I've been around SANS a good bit and I've done a lot of teaching in other places. and. Um, it, it's less about feeling ready and like you've gotten to the point where you've arrived and more about getting to the point where you've accepted that that's not real. <laughs> and if, you know, I have some information that other people might want and need, but I don't know everything. And um, even students, especially in a SANS class, right? Um, even students uh, in the room have a lot to teach me. So um, it really was more just about um, kind of my natural inclination. I, I have a sports background and I've taught uh, football at different levels. Um, and I've always just been someone that has, has tried to 
find community and relate things to other people and, and kind of bring people along with me. Um, so that, it, you know, it's not an, an isolated insular journey and, and you look outward and, and that's really where I've found that periods of success for me have really started to come is when you focus more on what you can do to take your expertise and your journey and the things that you know, and try to relay that to others who maybe didn't have the same opportunities, because that's, that's a big part of it as well. There are a lot of underserved people that um, if more of this industry and other industries has kind of took it upon themselves to start relaying information, whether formally by teaching for an organization or doing lots of things on the side that, that we could do a lot to bridge that gap for people that don't have some of the same opportunities that, that I had as just like a, a white guy growing up in America. Um, but more specifically and, and less generically about why I enjoy teaching. Um, I just started taking SANS courses and, and we at, I, we had work. I was very um, lucky to, work for an organization that not only do we have a training budget, which is, um, you know, somewhat rare and, um, they forced us to use it, right? They actually did want us <laughs> to spend their money so that we could get better and train and, and we'd have a better staff. So I took full advantage of it. Um, and I, I was kind of just around and started to meet some of the right people and, and, uh, started taking certs and, and did well on tests and, um, you know, networking and, and, and that kind of thing. And it just kind of happened where you get an opportunity and SANS has a really formal, uh, well, more formal now than it used to be structure for how these kinds of things happen. And you do smaller, like local events in your area um, where you're really kind of just mentoring other people going through the process. That's actually what they call it is the mentor program. And then you get into full instructor development where you do smaller one-off events and, and you do co-teaches with more experienced instructors and then they start to have you teach on your own. And um, yeah, I've just, you know, for the last few years, actually this is the time flies, this is like the third year, um, <laughs> just been going through that process and, and, and trying to, you know, be the best instructor that I can be and keep up on my skills. And um, the other side of it is just how you relay information and, and how you can distill some of the really complicated things that we have to look at in our industry down into a way that's relatable and keep people entertained and engaged for for six days because it can be a, a lot of really dense content um so yeah that's kind of how i got involved in sans and um you know just generically for anybody who has the opportunity to teach at any level um i feel like the the last phase and the kind of the final evolution of the learning process is being able to relay what you know and what you've learned to others in a way that they can use it practically, right? So mm -hmm. yes, I, I feel like it's important to give back and try to enable others, but even if you just look at it selfishly, teaching is one of the best things that you can do for yourself to really master your craft. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah, and I know that you have a deep, deep background here, which is one of the reasons why I like your show and some of the things <laughs> that you do so much, um, because you wanna, you wanna train the world, you wanna educate the world, so I think that's really, laudable goal that you deserve credit for uh you know it, it it takes a team to to do all this stuff it takes a lot of good students um oh yeah and really man i just stayed at a holiday Inn express last night so that's, <laughs> that's right. what it is yes there's that too <laughs> yeah. do, you remember, do you remember those commercials oh yeah yeah I'd bar yeah. Or something. yeah 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 those uh, are funny we're, we're i think we're kind of dating ourselves right now but that's okay that's okay. <laughs> right all right so so you recently got promoted i think it was a was a last month or maybe a couple months back to uh chief operating officer where you're at now i did you, yeah do you mind just uh, first off congratulations on that thank and you I, I hope they like tripled your salary <laughs> no, <laughs> um, uh, let's let's go with that yeah let's yeah, go with yeah, that. yeah. yeah. 
So could you mind just kind of talking on that journey? Cause you've, you've essentially in that aspect of it, to some sense, you've gone from the, the person just starting out to then the practitioner, then the experienced practitioner, and then now into more of the management side of things, obviously being COO. Can you just share some of your struggles that you went through, some of the things you've overcome just to get to the point you're at right now, just in yeah. case somebody else out there is trying to do that same path? Yeah. And, and they're, many in there every day, right? Especially, um, you know, I've, I've never had a role like this before. And even the role that I had previous to this as a director and, and trying to oversee some of our software development and um, security services and managing and, and recruiting people and training our own internal people, those weren't things that I had necessarily done before I had to start doing them for my last role. And then, you know, before that becoming a, a, a lead consultant and, and, um, you know, a primary penetration tester for an organization. I hadn't hadn't done any of that stuff either. (laughs) And then being an entry level penetration tester, I had never done any of that. stuff. So that's, that's kind of the common thread is that, um, uh, for me, it's just been important to try to, um, find the right people and find the right organization, uh, with creative, interesting, talented, uh, dependable people that you can really be your best self around and be even somewhat vulnerable with in terms of putting yourself out there to try to make yourself better and make the organization better and then go all in on whatever it is that you can do to try to move that team forward, right? Um, so I've, I've tried to do that at each step of the way and that's kind of resulted in me you know, being the new guy that was learning and then being the dependable guy that nobody was doing and then someone who was looking more uh, broadly than just my direct role and talking about processes. And, and then I got involved in some of the recruiting and, and hiring and, and those kinds of things. And, um, and I just I kind of kept trying to do more. Um, and um, lately what that has resulted in is um, how do we structure some of our business in the best way to try to um, do things like sales and business development and marketing and our internal culture and, um, and all of those things. And I, like I said, intellectual, uh, impatience, right. And I, I really do want to experience in this life and in my professional career, as many things as I possibly can, and then just test and challenge myself to be the best version of myself in that role that I can possibly be. So I'm, I'm really excited to be able to affect a, a larger area of the business, but, um, but the last thing I want to do is come on here and, or anywhere else and make anybody think that, you know, it's just easy or, um, you know, you just kind of sit back and, and everything kind of happens. I don't, I don't think that's true of any role. If you're, if you're doing the right things and you're living at the edge and you're, you're trying to, you know, push your limits and, and really develop yourself in, uh, not just your professional career, but your, your private life and just being the best kind of person that you can be, then it, it is a difficult thing. And you don't always feel like you have, the right answers. Um, I, I try to say it every day and I try to mean it and, and not just give it lip service. I oftentimes really don't know what the right answer is, but um, what we're kind of focusing on is let's get all of the right people and then focus on how we can leverage all of those different people to try to make the right choices going forward. So um, yeah, I get to focus outward a little bit on um, you know how we're conducting business and inward a lot on our people and our processes and, and how we can really make Pulsar Security, where I work, um, a, a great company to work for, a great company to work with uh, for customers and partners. And um, that's, that's just a lot of fun because I love it here and I love the people that work here. Um, so I, I want to do everything I can to enable them. But with that, um, 
I, I, I need to stay technical. I'm, I'm still a senior security consultant here and um, that, that will probably never end um, it, regardless of how my path continues. I'm, I'm always going to be a security practitioner and um, want to stay relevant on the technical side of things. So. Nice. Yeah. You've, you've got the bug as we like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, um, it, it's nice when you meet other people that, that kind of get it and it's, it's totally okay if there aren't, um, well, my way of doing things is just one way of doing things and there are all kinds of paths to success. But when you feel like the, the bug that you described, right? When you, when you feel like you meet other people that kind of get that same process and conduct themselves in the same way, it's, it's really, it's really great to find that in other people and, and have them just get it and you don't have to explain it to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So there's, there's probably a good audience out there listening, a good amount of people that they're trying to get their first cybersecurity role, right? Maybe, yeah. they're, maybe they're in university or they just graduated with a master's degree in cybersecurity because they're trying to change careers. Right. Uh, maybe they're just somebody just starting out in college right now in, in the early years, they're in high school, whatever. What are some steps? Because the traditional thing is, okay, go do a boot camp or college or, or get right. a cert or whatever. But what, what are some things that those types of individuals could do today to position themselves better for an actual cybersecurity role? Like what are, what are some steps they could take like right now, like tonight as we're filming this uh, podcast, what are some things they could, they could listen to this, they could go right now today and say, okay, I'm going to go practice these things or I'm going to go look at these things, research, learn these things. What, what are some things that they can go work on today to position, position themselves better for the future? I think it's a great question and such an important question in, uh, in terms of where we are as a society and as an industry that is, is kind of maturing. Um, I'm so glad that you started it by talking about different ways of entering the field because there, there really are so many of them. I, I like to say that I have a non-standard background in terms of coming into technology, but the more you dig into it, you realize that there are so many different paths and it's, it's common to not have computer science, cyber masters, and then um, a security analyst or something like that, right? So uh, a couple of years ago, I, m myself and a few others actually created a, a nonprofit organization to try to help out in this exact area. Um, and the goal is to try to take people who are from non-traditional backgrounds, maybe come, coming from other career fields, and uh, give them whatever resources we can try to provide them in terms of mentorship or training paths or, or sponsorship for certain things to try to ease the barrier to entry in terms of entering technology. Um, so uh, that's something that I'm really passionate about. And in terms of what people who are facing that process down can do practically tonight to get started, um, just put your hands on a keyboard and start digging in, right? So I think there's a, a, a large emphasis on planning sometimes when people are a little bit fearful and they're a little bit scared or unsure of what the path ahead is. Um, and that can result in, you know, I'm going to study for this thing. And then after I'm done, that I'll go do this, but I want to do this other thing first. And mm -hmm. then maybe end up studying for something like a plus or CISSP or CEH for two years without taking the test. Um, when really, honestly, I think that the best way to do it, and this is just my perspective, but the best way to do it, download VMware, download VirtualBox, start deploying VMs. Um, you know, download Ubuntu, download Kali, start playing with tools and, and building your home environment and, um, you know, start trying to get involved in open source projects and find people out in the community that are willing to mentor you or are willing to, um, you know, just chat with you as you, as you have some struggles and are trying to learn some things and, and go to meetups and, and, and just start 
diving in in as many areas as you can um, in terms of the people side of it and in the especially in the technology side of it because um, one of the real challenges when you don't have a lot of experience is going to get that role when you don't have anything that you can necessarily put down on paper um, and you know even if it's I've done a, a lot of interviewing um, of different kinds of candidates and even if you have lots of things that are just like personal projects and you don't have any professional experience, that actually goes a long way, right? It's, it shows that in an environment where we know, we all know that there are um, an infinite amount of factors compelling you to just like put your feet up or play a video game or, or go out with your friends or, or whatever. Um, it shows that you're willing to, you're passionate about enough about the topics. You're willing to go dive in on your own, figure stuff out and, and, you know, get a SIM deployed at your house or something like that, or, or implement packet filtering or something on on your network. Um, so definitely dive in and just start playing, create a home lab and, and network as much as you can. Um, and, the other thing that I would say is uh, certifications can be really, really valuable. And it's, uh, this is one way that I've tried to use them in my career. They can be great in terms of guiding the learning process, right? So if you know that I need to learn about incident response or I need to learn about reverse engineering or I want to get into penetration testing, there are lots of places that have training programs and curriculums and certifications related to those things. and if you just use those to guide your learning as you're digging into areas that you are unfamiliar with, then you have kind of a built-in way at the end of it to test yourself on whether or not you've been able to retain any of that information. And then if, you know, when you pass, you have more that you can put down on paper. So um, that's only one part of it. Certifications and training are, you definitely need to balance it with the practical side. But for me and for what I recommend for people getting started, they can be a great way to, to guide your learning, to put something down on paper when, when you don't have anything else. And also just to build confidence, right? Because so much of trying to break into the industry is just saying, you know what, I'm going to do this and somebody's going to give me an opportunity and I'm just going to do what it takes until I get there. And, and people are going to have to tell me no 50 times, but I'll hear a yes eventually. And uh, that is really, really hard to do. Easy to talk about, but it's really <laughs> difficult to just say, um, I'm going to expose myself to the world and I'm going to take all of the beatings and I will get up and be chipper every day about it, right? Um, so just building the self-confidence component of it and, and not feeling like a, like a fraud or an imposter that, that should just go to culinary school and be a chef or something like that <laughs> is, is a really large part of it. And I find that uh, definitely getting out in communities and meeting people dispels the, um, this notion of the big, bad, judgmental industry because there's so, there's so fewer of them than we, than we think they are there are when uh, we're thinking about this stuff in our head and then doing things where you can kind of build your confidence and put some momentum together, like working on projects um, and, and trying to go after things like search. So uh, I, I get that that was a, a long ramble of lots of different things, but I guess I kind of <laughs> always, all, it all boils down to just, just dig in and, and start playing with things, get your hands dirty and, and uh, start, start building yourself. Yeah. No, I think it was great information. And I think one of the, the key things you said there, well, a couple of them, I mean, there's many, but um, I think a couple of the key things are, like you said, get your hands dirty. That's one of the best ways to learn. Even if you're not a hands-on learner, it's good to say, yes, I can use Wireshark and I understand what I'm looking at oh, in this yeah. packet. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing I, I really like is uh, you mentioned this industry, it's it's not, and I've, I've actually experienced that at conferences 
with people coming up to me and they're so shocked that like, I'm willing to talk to them, right. Yeah. Or that I'm willing to like right. teach them something or, or link them up with the people that are experts in that area. And I think that's one of the biggest things we get in our own way. Sometimes yeah. we say, Oh no, these, this person's a leader in the industry. They won't even talk to me, you know, like there's some celebrity or something. And, and granted right. they, they are, but I, I have yet actually in my experience at conferences, even when I was just starting out, I've yet to experience anyone that said, no, get away. Right. Oh, yeah, always, for sure. Come on over, check this out. You know, even if I was just walking by, I was like, Hey, come over here real quick. Right. You know? uh, and sometimes, you know, they were hacking stuff and I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't right. be over here. But, um, <laughs> right. but, but the reality is it's just, it's most people are willing to help you. So you just have to ask. I, I can speak from my own experience. I'm not a mind reader. Right. So I don't know what you, if you don't come up to me and ask me at a conference, I have no idea what's going on in your head. I really right. don't. Um, yeah. And I think what you find is, again, it's easy to assume that everybody is kind of out to poke holes in your abilities and, and mm -hmm. make you feel yep. uh, two inches tall. But in, in reality, I've, the more people who the industry would consider to be well-known and established and, and credible that I meet, I realize that the most successful ones are all some of the most positive and giving and outwardly facing and community focused people that um, that you could ever hope to meet in this industry or or any other and I think that th that's not by accident right there are some people you know just because of the way they want to live their lives that maybe don't fit that bill but by and large um, I would say that some of the most well-known names in the security space are really awesome fantastic people that not only would be willing to talk to anyone that uh, reached out and, and asked for guidance or help or, or wanted to sit down with them at a conference or something like that, but they construct their lives and their professional lives in such a way that um, they, they want those things to happen. They try to find opportunities to make those things happen and they take their time to do things like, um, uh, like Leslie Carhart's a great example of doing resume reviews and, and mock interviews and those kinds of things mm -hmm. at different conferences. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm actually working with GIAC to, um, to host a podcast about these kinds of things. And it's been a really awesome experience to start to plan out some of the guests that, that we're having on the show and nice. uh, really try to key in on that intersection of these are really awesome, accomplished people in their fields. And also they're so super positive and want to give back so much to people um, who are going through some of the same difficulties that they had in building their careers. And if you get out of your own bubble, just even a little bit, right? And this is true of um, newcomers as well as lots of established people that um, have been in the industry a while but are, are kind of in their own space and in their own bubble and, and stewing in that kind of thing. If you can just get out of it and, and put yourself out there and try to meet other people and go to meetups and go to conferences, it doesn't take many of those interactions to realize that um, there isn't all as much to be scared of as we think right? There are way more people who are looking to support you and want you to succeed and see some of their own experience in your experiences and can relate to what you're going through than there are people who want to tear you down because you can't tell them what a stack canary is <laughs> after six months, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, in general, I think that um, meeting other people and getting in other environments and, and traveling and, and learning different cultures is kind of the, the cure for ignorance and feel, fear. And I think if you take that to a more micro level and you, and, and you talk about networking and, and getting involved in the larger industry, I think that that also rings true for the, for the kinds of professional fear uh, and imposter syndrome that, that is so pervasive in our industry. Absolutely.
So you mentioned a, a bit ago about the nonprofit you're associated yeah. with that kind of, what, what's the name of that just for people out there that want to go look that up and, and try to get those resources? Sure. So um, it's called TechRamp and um, you can find it at, at techramp.org or LinkedIn or, or reach out to me if you, if you want to chat about it. And basically it's a, a New Hampshire based nonprofit uh, started by a, a bunch of people that um, um, went through the process of trying to build their careers with um, different paths, right? So not, um, not uh, computer science and, and not that those are bad paths. They're awesome paths. It's just that sometimes there are difficulties in trying to work your way through on your own um, without uh, formal education or, or um, changing careers or those kinds of things. So uh, the hope is that we can try to provide mentorship and um, uh, just a network of support for people that are trying to break into technology and not just security, technology overall. Um, and um, yeah, so it's, it's something that we started in the last couple of years and, and um, it, it's going well so far and we'd like to grow it um, and do more trainings and, and meetups and try to get maybe other chapters involved in other areas. One thing that we're working on now is trying to identify profiles of people that fit um, a certain kind of background and, and just say, you know, this person came from this, this was their experience and, and interview them about their challenges and, and put as many resources out there in the world about their experiences as we can. Because I think it's so important. And this is something that we hear often related to minorities and, and women in technology and business in the world overall, is that when you don't have a model and you don't have many examples of people that look like you and sound like mm -hmm. you yeah. and came from the places that you came from and, and went through some of the same kinds of things that you're going through. When you don't have those models to look to, it's way easier to give into these thoughts of, well, I can't do it because of this. And you know, no one has ever done this before. And I think that you just, I reject the notion, even being someone that uh, most people would describe as kind of type A, I reject the notion that you need to be a type A person to succeed in the world. So I think it's really important that we try to enable more people that have different kinds of backgrounds. And, and that's what we're hoping to do at TechRamp. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little more offline about um, other chapters. Awesome. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. I'm going to check it out a little bit. I, I didn't realize you uh, were involved in that. So I think that's a great thing. Um, so for anyone that wants to uh, try to get your autograph this year, Jason, because you know you're, you're a celebrity now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, are you going to any conferences? Do you have anything on your on your schedule that you've got planned? I know you've got some sand train sands training, I think later this year. But do you have any actual conferences? You'll be yeah. Attending? So um, uh, for the next few months, I'm I'm homebound because uh, my yeah. wife's very pregnant and Congrats, she's giving yes. birth in March. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So uh, we have a daughter that's being born in March, and then I'll be home for a few months after that to just focus on being a good dad and and a good husband and those kinds of things. Um, but things start to pick up a little bit in the summer. I'm, I'm teaching for SANS in um, Cupertino, California in June, and then again in Chicago in August. And uh, I'll be out at DEF CON in Black Hat um, okay. uh, this year, so I'll be able to meet people there. Uh, definitely don't ask me for my autograph because that, it'll be totally worthless. But I'd really, <laughs> I'd really love to meet anyone who's you know, passionate about some of the things that I've talked about here and, and just try to network and see what we can do to try to make things a little bit easier for people um, as they break into the industry and try to develop their careers. And, and uh, I, just, I honestly just love meeting people and hearing about their story. And it's, uh, it's one of the biggest reasons why I love going out to different events and conferences is um, you see so many different kinds of people that have had success in so many different kinds of ways. So um, 
yeah, I'd, I'd love to chat with anyone anywhere, anytime, including like just find me on Twitter or LinkedIn or, or, or wherever else um, you think I might be. And, and I'd love to chat. Perfect. Well, listen, Jason, I'm not going to uh, keep you. I know, uh, again, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Uh, you definitely shared just a ton of knowledge on this one with everyone. Um, gave, gave some really, really good insights. And uh, like I said, I think it's really great what you guys are doing at TechRamp and, uh, and also what you've been able to do and accomplish at Pulsar Security. So uh, just, just kudos to you. I think you've, uh, you've kind of shown the, the hard work and how it's paid off. Uh, and so anyone out there listening can see, okay, if I put in the work, I can get those jobs that I want, right? I can get that senior technical role. I can get that more management type of role, like a COO or CIO or CISO. So I think uh, I think you should commend yourself um, on that. Uh, and like I said, just thanks for coming on the podcast. Really enjoyed having you. Any final advice you want to offer to anyone or any final thoughts? Yeah, so um, it's probably a little bit different than than what I would have said even two years ago. <laughs> and I think my wife would be really surprised to, to hear me say what I'm about to say. Um, but as I get older, I realize that, um, you know, you have to take more time to kind of slow down and, and appreciate where you, where you are and just kind of always remember that there was a time when all you wanted was to be and to achieve and to have the things that are in your life right now, right? And um, I've, I've been so forward focused that, um, as I get a little bit older, I, I, I try to appreciate more just enjoying what you have and, and taking a, a, a bit of a break to just um, kind of take it easy and, um, you know, be with family and friends and, and travel and, and experience different things. I, I think it's very important, especially, um, especially in an industry that is building tools or is trying to produce services even for um, other people, right? Because the more context you have, the, the better you're going to be. And I really think that um, you have to take a little bit of time to smell the roses and enjoy what you have. And uh, you, you'll be better for it and you'll do better things for it. Like there was no better, and, and we didn't script this, everyone. Like that was the best way to end a podcast episode <laughs> like ever. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you think so. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, so yeah, like I said, enjoyed having you on. That was some excellent advice to end the podcast. I think I, I'm guilty myself, just like you, Jason, of, of just nonstop grinding. Uh, and so, yeah, I've, I've also been doing it over the last 12 months and just trying to slow down a little bit, uh, enjoy things, enjoy the right. journey, journey a little more. So yeah. Uh, you know, thanks again. Happy to have you on anytime on the podcast. If you want to bring uh, anyone else of the, of your uh, nonprofit on, happy to bring them on and just kind of share the message a little more and try to help all these people. Awesome. Thanks so much, Ken. It was a lot of fun.